Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. How have you been listening recently? You've heard several sessions with our guest today, T.S. Wright. And we've done a deep dive on Book of Revelation and the eight, seven church ages. And if you missed any of those episodes, go back and look them up in the archives. On our last episode, we learned the also the possible significance of the year 2038 and what all that could mean. Today, we're going to discuss something that, well, I believe is very needful. It's also something that will probably make a lot of church pastors very upset, maybe even mad. But that's okay. If you've been following me for any length of time, you know I say things that tend to basically slap pastors upside the head with the Word of God. I get told I'm stepping on toes with some of the teachings that we do. That's okay, too. If you don't want your toes stepped on, don't stick them out there where I can jump on them. Amen? Sometimes people just get played mad. That's okay, too. They got mad at Jesus. He just kept on keeping on. Amen? Some get mad, but others wake up. Hopefully, you're in that second group today. Praise God. But fair warning, today's going to be one of those days. Amen. Scott Rice back with us today. Scott's been teaching us about different ages of the church, significant things that the Bible and history has to say about them. He's helping us to understand each of the different ages of the church and why they're so significant, especially as we look at the modern-day church age with all the societal problems that we're facing today. Scott's also a podcaster, has a very great podcast called The God-Centered Concept as well, so you need to listen and subscribe to his podcast. And he also published a journal called God-Centered Concept Journal, Making God's Word My Ways. Help me welcome back to the program, Scott Rice. Scott, thank you for taking the time to come back on and join us today. Hey, Bob, it's great to be here, and I look forward to our uh, fun discussion today as this is actually going to dive into some material that I actually already have written and eventually we'll get it edited and published. So Amen. I've actually finished a lot of this part, what we're going to discuss. It really applies yeah. to the seven, all seven ages of the church and yeah. especially this age, Amen. even more so than the other six. Amen. Well, you know, we realize, you know, the teachings of the Bible were oriented towards the Jewish culture. And many of the parables Jesus told, we cannot really comprehend unless we view them through the lens of the Jewish culture at that time. But yep. then after the conversion of Saul to Paul, you know, he was communicating in the most popular language of the time, which was Greek. Can you share with us some of the difficulties in comparing the Jewish culture to the Greek culture to what our culture is today, you know, especially as it relates to the, to, to the different church ages. Well, first of all, we, uh, if you go to episode two of my podcast, I talk about this very thing. I do a, mm. a deep dive into the Jewish and Greek culture and do a comparison. And I have write-ups on this as well. And I'll be when in a book, I'll be including a chart that gives you a comparison chart of the two, but really the, the biggest thing is 
between the two cultures, if you really dissect it down to its essence, to its core, what you're getting is, is you're getting the Jewish culture when they walked as they were supposed to. The ancient Jewish culture that was that God set up through Moses, and when they were operating in the way God intended for them to, and of course we see that go back and forth. You see that you know the book of Judges, and even in Joshua there was some back and forth. But Joshua, they for the most part walked the way they were supposed to. In the book of Judges, that's a back and forth thing. You know, you have if you've read the book of Judges, you can see that. The crazy turmoil they go through in almost what almost a 400 year period with the 12 judges of Israel. Some say it was a few more than that. And, you know, scholars have some different points of view of that. But the bottom line is, is that when we're walking as we're supposed to, God had this set up with the Jewish culture that the culture was centered, every aspect of your life was centered on glorifying God. Every aspect was glorifying God. And and what would eventually happen to Israel, especially they lose the first temple, they get exiled, eventually come back, build the second, is that you had the Jewish culture itself had broken apart into different factions. There wasn't just one faction over this, over the, the way that they worshiped and the way that they approached life. There was all these different factions you know, you had the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they battled each other. There was another group that wasn't even living in Jerusalem at the time that had separated during Babylon, and they had their own points of view. And you can, you can, I'm not going to get too deep. We could talk hours upon about that. But what had happened was, is they were really idolizing. And what Jesus was really speaking about in a general sense was that they were idolizing their culture more than their hearts were aimed at glorifying God. That was really the problem. And so during Jesus' time, and that's what he was speaking against these different factions, they were not living it out as God had designed it and for the purpose of why he designed it that way, which is why Jesus had to come. Because there was nothing on earth that was representing God the way God wanted to be represented. You know, it's not just about, and I say this, it's not just about us trying to glorify God. God wants it done in the way that he wants it done. Amen. You don't get God on your terms. You have to take him on his terms. He's the creator. We are not. He's the owner. We're not. He created us, not the other way around. And so we have to approach it from that standpoint. And the original Jewish culture that was set up did that. Where the Greek culture was sort of a combination of, actually, you could go back to the Egyptian empire you could go back to some of these cultures that were rooted out when the Jews came into the promised land. And for the very reasons, they were worshiping other entities, whether it was actual other gods or their lifestyle. You know, in just in your lifestyle, you can worship a different God and not technically be worshiping some named God. That can happen. And, and so what the difference is between the Jewish and the Greek cultures, the Greek culture was always focused on the self. And even with Christ, even with God, that concept, there it was all about adding him to your life. Mm-hmm. Where in the Jewish culture, it was about you being in him. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you know, you can either be in Christ or you can add Christ, but you can't do both. And so... 
It's not about adding Christ. It's about being in him. Well, the same thing, the Jewish culture is about being in God and walking with him. It's not about adding him to the equation. Amen. Amen. You don't add him to the equation. So in the book of Numbers, and I just read this recently when I was reading a few passages or reading a passage, even back then, sometimes God would send his spirit. Well, he did that one day and people just started prophesying. (laughs) These new leaders that Moses needed to help him administrate the the entire nation because there was just too many people for him to do it all on his own. He was just overwhelmed with numbers. Matter of fact, he was telling God, why didn't, can I just die? I can't handle all this. (laughs) I mean, it was that overwhelming. It would be like the CEO who has no other people underneath him to manage all the entities going on. So he's taken on every problem in the Jewish nation you know, the CEO is taking on every problem in the company. You can't do that yeah. and manage effectively. So God had to, he told Moses how to get to appoint some people, what to do. And then these people, God sends his spirit on them. They just start prophesying. That's how powerful God's spirit is. Even then, when he would do that. Well, the thing is, is that Jewish nation was designed to show the other nations and all the peoples of the earth how they were supposed to approach life. That's really what it's designed to do. And the Jewish culture today, that ancient Jewish culture, as we read about it, should influence us to realize that we need to be in Christ, not adding Christ. The Greek culture says to add it, which we are a very technologically and sociologically version of the Greek culture. The Roman culture was as well. It just... It's just take the Greek culture that kind of had all this culmination of the past, becomes this empire, and then as it dissolves into the Roman culture eventually, which most likely the first king was an exiled Greek, it just becomes a more advanced version of that Greek culture. And it's the whole idea of about improving self. Everything is about self. And so we need to understand that. And, a pro, and we're we are called to glorify God, period. That is your ultimate purpose. And so to do that, we have to understand that our entire approach to life is simply about walking in him as he calls us in the way that he calls us. Amen. 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 And you also talk about attachment and idolatry is one of the major things that is happening in today's church age. What do you mean by that? And how can that be overcome? Well, so if you, if you listen to episode four, I call it the idol of the week. (laughs) And I do, because first of all, think about how fast everything changes. I mean, interestingly enough, we were talking before, just to give you an example of how quickly things change. Yesterday, I had a car go out. Mm-hmm. By last night, I had a new car. <laughs> I yeah. mean, wow. I mean, it was just that fast. And and I bought a used one and all that stuff. But um, you can get into car buying if you want to live Dave Ramsey or some other financial guru how to do all that. That's fine. I'm not into that part of it here. But our lives can change that fast these days. And we can access everything quickly. I mean, I was immediately online looking at cars 
got that all figured out, went to a certain dealership, got what got deal and, and got it and just got to finish signing the papers. You know, think about how fast our computer technology changes. So right now the big discussion is AI, right? I mean, artificial intelligence. And of course you, you threw the, uh, that ball out of left field last week, they were talking about extraterrestrial and all this stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's in Congress. We'll be talking about 500 other technological things this week. And we will, we'll forget about last week. I mean, think about the news cycle. And this is really where it started at the speed that we have. It started in the seventies when they started developing and they kind of moved together as technology started coming into the home. And then you started adding media and the Watergate scandal was really a, a peeling off of media being more. And then the Iran hostage scandal or not scandal, but the situ- the crisis, you know, and it was on every night. And I mean, it was just pounding. And then within 10 years, CNN was on with 24 hour news coverage. And then we had the war in Iraq and we had 24 hour coverage on the war in Iraq that changed the game. And it's just like, information and technology have just went at this exponential growth right now that just it just faster and faster and faster and faster and so why i called that the idol of the week is because that's really what we are it's like we are addicted to sensationalism exactly and and constant entertainment i mean think about it we are entertained constantly and I mean, drama is just, you know, it's just a, it's just a flip of a switch now. That's what drama is. Social media, television, you get sick of somebody's real life drama. You go watch a drama. I mean, think about it. If you get tired of that, you can go play drama on the video games. If you get tired of that, you can go read about drama. I mean, it's, you know, and it's just the entire process that we are constantly saturated and in some ways, that is desensitized and desensitized us in the spirit. So to give you a per story here on myself, back in 2017, I had an encounter that is hard to, it's kind of hard for me to explain, um, but it's something I've talked to people about before. I There was just one night I was praying and I, I really felt the Holy Spirit moving me. And for like two hours, there was like this prayer language back and forth with God where he really worked in me and it really slowed me down. You know, God does not want to work at that pace of exponential. And to think that he does is idolatrous because you're making God out to be something he is not, you know, it's the Bible tells us to be still and know that he is God, but it says to be still first. That automatically implies that we're going to have to slow down and take some time. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a relationship. And I heard a, uh, a guy that a church that I used to attend back when I lived in a different location that he used to say, you know, there's there's really two types of communication. There's transactional and there's relational. And he said, God wants both. And our society is because of the speed. Everything is very transactional. Yeah. And so when I, you know, one thing that sometimes I personally struggle with, and I just throw this out here is because I tend to like to talk to people and get a sense of who they are. And people don't want to slow down and do that. 
<laughs> and they don't do that with anything. And the problem is, is if you don't do that with God, you're you're going to have a hard time connecting to others, which is going to make it hard for you to evangelize and disciple. It is idolatry to think that God is only transactional. It's idolatrous. You're making him out to be something he is not. Just like when you make God out to be the only time you spend time with him is when you need something. Yeah. Making him out Amen. to be a Santa Claus. Yep. That's or wrong. An ATM, an ATM yeah. machine. Yeah. Exactly. That is idolatrous. Yep. Because you are making God out to be something he is not. He is your father and he is your king. And as you mature in Christ, while we always have the positional authority as being a child of God, we need to quit thinking of ourselves as children of God and think of ourselves as ambassadors for Christ. Amen. You know, an ambassador is mature. That person is always focused on growing with Christ and in Christ. It is always allowing the Holy Spirit to move them, whether through rebuke, correction, encouragement, all of those pieces through his word and through his spirit. you got to have both. And spending time with him, both in his word and in prayer. And, and think about this. If you've ever had encounters where you've had been filled, really filled with the spirit, you know, that's going to come off and on that you're not going to have, you're not going to be at that level all the time. And I heard it, I heard James Gall say this one time and I was listening to a book of his and I, I listen to all kinds of different people. I mean, I, things from the desert fathers to, you know, I've listened to different pastors and priests and different denominations. And, and James Gall was talking about this. He said, you're going to have periods where you're going to really be filled with the spirit. And then you're going to have periods where you need to be more grounded in the word. And those are going to go back and forth. And he said, that's good because the word keeps you grounded because you don't want the filling of the spirit to become mystical. You just want it to be with Christ. And, and, and even with the filling of the spirit, if you stay grounded in the word, you can test those spirits and understand that. And I've done that over a period of time, listening to guys that were like him that are really experienced with that. You know, Dr. Bill Bright developed Campus Crusade off of a vision from the Holy Spirit. And he talks about that. And he talked about, you know, things like the spiritual gifts and how, you know, he went back and forth with things like tongues and all that stuff. And and I'm not I'm not a denominational guy, so I don't really adhere to one or the other. I'll say this. You just need to be open to God's spirit so he can work on you. But you have to take the time with him and step back and escape some of this saturation that we are so embedded in it is, i'm telling you, it is idolatry yeah it is to constantly fill yourself with that because what it does is it sets your heart in a way to be very impatient which is completely the opposite and if it's if something is making you impatient impatience is not the sin the sin is you saturating yourself with what is making you impatient exactly amen and and you need to think through that and it is idolatry Let's because you are worshiping to, something. Let's relate that God. to what is happening in the churches concerning what you just talked about. Well, and, and first of all, and I always say, especially this, the the Western churches. Yes, and and that's what I'm referring to. I'm, I'm referring to Western society that lives like we do. So, there's three issues that I see that really impact us. First of all, people. And this is and this does no way give a government 
the right to take over people. But people don't handle freedom well. The problem is, is there's no government out there that is qualified to rule over people except for God. That's the problem, you know, because they become too corrupt. And we've seen that. I can give you so many historical analysis on that. So the problem is, is people don't handle freedom well. They'll always choose what feels good. I mean, that's just what ultimately happens. And so the Bible even tells us not to misuse our freedom, you know, our freedom in Christ. Well, knowing that, and when we don't have the spirit of God leading us, what are we going to do with freedom? Exactly. You know, it's it, it's not going to lead us in a good direction. So the churches are in a very precarious situation in that they're trying to be a light for Christ and bring people in that don't know Christ. And the problem is, is that in this world that we live in now, what attracts people is all that saturation that we just talked about. So the churches have to adapt to that to some level, but at the same time, not become just another sounding board for all that saturation. Mm -hmm. It's a precarious balance. It really is. And pastors are in a tough situation in that they're trying to balance that. And what I think has happened is they've been trying to balance it now for long enough that we have lost the understanding of the word discipleship. It's not happening in the churches. Now, the one thing that I would say the older age of the church is that they were too closed in. They they had too many walls up and not reaching out to people. Now, we've become so open. We It's like a pendulum. We've swung one way to being, quite frankly, too conservative to another way of being too liberal. There's no balance. You know, there still has to be that strong moral authority that guides your heart. But it can't be so stifling that that's what you focus on, which is what the older churches did. But the newer churches, have. it feels like that a lot of them have just left let the moral authority go, and we're just going to reach people out of love. That's it. That's the only focus. There has to be a balance. And I actually talk about that in my podcast series, and we're getting ready. Like The next episode that I'm putting out is going to be, are you in Christ or are you just adding Christ? But then I'm going to move into this part of it. And we're talking about training in the spirit is what we're talking about. That the next part of this is, as you start to figure that out and start to deep dive, kind of do deep dives with God in his word and in his spirit and in prayer, and you get in that contemplative state with him, as you start working that out, what really should happen is, is you need to start looking at what in what way, how am I communicating to others after I've communicated to God? I need to know what am I communicating to God first? That's part of the training. But then what am I communicating to others? How are those working? You know, what does that look like in real life? How is that coming out? Because part of our training is, is that we need an inside out change, all of us. And the church needs the same thing. And in the purpose of me and what God has called me to do is to wake the church up to the understanding of what real discipleship is. Here's what real discipleship is. I, I kind of use a process. We come to Christ. We have to get, we have to really get our connection with God. 
And then we've got to learn how to share that with others. And then we got to send them out to go do it. And so even in the older churches and even in the new churches that the problem is, is we're not always sending out. We're afraid to, because we think we're going to lose a dime, which takes me to the next problem of what you're talking about with churches. We have, sometimes we have to let, think of it this way. You might have to let $10 go to get a hundred back over here. You know, it's kind of that thinking or, you know, the old picture where Jesus is holding this monstrous bear behind him, but he wants you to give you, give him your small teddy bear first (laughs) to get the bigger one. But the real picture of the gospel is win them to Christ, equip them, teach them how to win others and then send them out. Exactly. And, and, and I don't, and I think churches have a hard time with that. And part of the problem is, is that they're nowadays, it's more about attracting church hoppers, you know, people jumping churches than it is about going out and reaching the lost. Yeah. And that's and the church was designed to bring the lost in, you know, to teach and to communicate and how to communicate in the state that they're in, that they don't have the Holy spirit because once somebody gets the Holy spirit and once you start reading the word and you develop that hunger, I mean, you change, it changes you. It doesn't mean you become perfect by any stretch, but the spirit will always pull you back quick. That's how, you know, right there, you know, when my left foot gets offline, but my right foot won't, and you feel that struggle, you'll pull your left foot back in and stay on that line, walking with Christ. Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're out of time of this portion of the interview with our good friend Scott Wright, as he's been sharing with us about idolatry in today's churches. That is a huge problem, as you can probably imagine. And if you've had any experience with some of these churches that we've been discussing about today, not naming them, but the types of churches, you'll have to be in agreement with this. This is a huge problem today. And I can tell you right now, based upon what the Bible says, Jesus ain't happy. Amen? But the good news is forgiveness is available. Yes. The good news is Jesus is coming back soon to fix it all. Yes. But also the good news is this is just part one of our great interview. Praise God. Scott's coming back in the very next episode to continue this discussion. And you do not want to miss what he's about to share. Amen? The final harvest of souls is coming, and that's where we're going to pick it up at. Praise God. So till, till, till this very next episode, come back for the next episode. Until then, this Pastor Bob reminds you, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you.